mate. Wasn't expecting a call. Do you want to go on video? No, 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 no. Uh, audio is fine. No video. All right. Are we uh, still recording the pod this morning? Yeah, yeah, in a sec. Insect? What? What are you on about? Is everything okay? Uh, yeah, I think so. Just going through a few life changes. Oh, really? Like what? Uh, well, I um, got a new gig for a start. Whirly gig? Sorry, mate, this connection's a bit ropey. It's really bugging me. A new job, a bit of cash on the side, a little sly top-up. You're making it sound kind of dodgy. Is it dodgy? Uh, it's not dodgy, just a bit unorthodox, I suppose. Well, nothing's kosher these days, so I wouldn't worry about that. Don't keep me guessing, I'm not psychic. Paperboy. Sounds good, eh? Paperboy? Sounds illegal and expensive. Is that like OnlyFans? No. Come on, Taylor, there are more dignified ways to top up the Patreon subs. I'm not pimping myself out. I'm not judging, I hear it's a big earner these days. I'm a paperboy. You know, Adam Sandler? That was Waterboy. Well, whoever the paperboy was. Zac Efron. Ah, like one of those kids on a bike that throws the news at old people. Sort of, but not just papers, regular mail too. So, just a mailman? Sailman. Mailman. Don't belittle it. On a bike? More of a unicycle type deal. You've lost your marbles. Well, what prompted this dramatic change? <sighs> if only I knew. You don't know why you changed jobs? Oh, that change. Just wanted to do something meaningful. Help people. Be a real human being. A real hero. Have you been listening to Electric Youth again? No. Just a bit weird to stipulate your species. It's not like you're, uh, I don't know, a beetle, is it? Uh, Teo? Have you ever read Kafka? Oh, man, not this again. I swear Kafka is responsible for so many quarter-life crises. It's not that. Oh, okay. It's worse. So, it turns out Metamorphosis wasn't fiction. Right. I think we need to go on camera. You won't say anything? Say anything? No, I won't say anything. Give me a second. Let me just start a live stream. Oh, my God! You're a giant beetle! My antenna sensed you'd say that. But I'm not a giant beetle. I'm Teo. And I'm not advising that you detach entirely from society, move to an island and start a delivery company called Teo's Island Express while helping the island's fauna win at pinball. I'm Ben. That Ben will replace my Teo monologue. Don't worry. Thankfully, this is... Pixel Vision. Good intro, actually. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, funny, 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 funny. It's got some gags in it. <laughs> Speaking of gags, just before we um, start, got something for you. Okay. Just a little song. It's not. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, what? We didn't actually use the pre-jingle jingle in the last episode. Oh we? no, yeah, no, we didn't. I thought that could be a one-off. That was just quite, quite a nice. Okay. Quite a nice red herring, I thought that was. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, a red herring it be. I don't know, I kind of liked it as a one-off almost. Like, people will be waiting for the pre-jingle jingle, and when we eventually maybe scatter it in, it'll be like, nice herb in a dinner. (laughs) It's salt in the soup. I've never heard herb in the dinner. All right, salt in the soup, herb in the dinner, whatever. It's some sort of meal-based metaphor okay so you got something for yeah me. just a little song came up with it myself i mean you might recognize it because i did take inspiration from another song mm. a bit better well-known song mm. but even so you could think of it as a jingle for the whole episode mm. so if you can just give me a ding 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 ever since i was a young boy i played the silver ball from Soho down to Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. This weird little dung beetle sure plays a mean pinball. Nice. The problem with me doing the backing music is that I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> so I guess I'll just have to. I guess I'll just have to hear it back later. <laughs> Oh dear. So you didn't hear a word of it? So you didn't even get the reference then, I assume? I literally didn't hear a single word. Oh well, that's okay. Maybe I'll scatter some more references in the pod and we'll see whether you get those instead. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm excited now. I haven't got long to wait. It isn't too long before this episode comes out. <laughs> 
What is it, like two weeks? Yeah, we're running a little bit late. We are close to delivery. Oh, man. Close to TX, as they say in the biz. TX. I don't think I've heard that particular phrase, but sure. Well, you don't work in the biz, Terry. Ah, I don't work in the biz. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about software development. What game are we um, talking about this week, Terry? This week, we are talking about Yoku's Island Express. Well, I was just going to pick up on the pronunciation thing because you've said Yoku, but I was saying Yoku. In my head, it was very much like Yoku Ono, mm. but as a beetle. Yeah, interesting. Um, is this um, uh, John Lennon's um, wife, Yoke Ono? The reason I say Yoku is because that's how you'd say it if it was Japanese and it felt Japanese to me because those are two Japanese characters, Yoku. Well, it is Japanese, so that probably is how you then pronounce, maybe it was Yoko Ono. Because uh, she is Japanese, or was. Oh, okay. You're making a face like this is the, <laughs> the biggest revelation that you've seen in a while. Well, no, it's that I said, or was, but I've actually just looked her up, and uh, she's very much alive. She's still alive? Oh, my God. At the time of recording. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yoku means a few different things in Japanese. It can either mean, like, nicely or properly. I've never heard it used in my context, but, you know. Or it can mean greed or craving. Or it can mean the following, like the following thing. It's versatile. It's a versatile word. Yeah, it's a pretty versatile word. You get that a lot in Japanese. Need the context. So I don't know which one of those words. I mean, maybe greed and craving, but none of those really reference the game, right? Nah, because Yoku isn't really... I'm going to say Yoku now, I've decided, because you've convinced me. Okay. Uh, but Yoku as a little dung beetle... I mean, we haven't even explained who he is or what the game mm. is yet, but as a little dung beetle, he's not really greedy person, is he? He's no. Thing. He's going out of his way to help others in his little neighbourhood. Mm, yeah, he is. I mean, he does have an insatiable appetite for fruits, but more as a currency to unlock ways to travel rather than uh, to, like, scoff. Yeah. I think that's enough surrealism for the intro. I think we need to get into a tear monologue so that um, people understand what the hell we're talking about. Sure, okay. So Yoku's Island Express, it's a, it's a 2D platformer, very cute 2D platformer, cartoony graphical style, and you play as a little beetle who just arrives on the island with a huge circular stone in tow kind of like chained to your body and the reason for this is that you become the male man or male beetle male bug for the island and the way in which you deliver the mail or indeed the way that you travel around the the island is by form or mode of pinball <laughs> so <laughs> there's these paddles everywhere on the island and uh, with the right and left triggers on your controller you control these paddles you use these to flick this stone that's attached to your body around and that's how you move around yeah so no jump button only pinball paddles so you travel around the island this giant island pinball machine and save the island god from the evil bug which has tried to kill it you go on a little adventure. <laughs> yeah, that was more. That was more or less right. So the um... more or less right. <laughs> Which bits were wrong? <laughs> well, I'm just about to pick you up on a couple of those bits. So one of them is it just a little stone? I thought it was like a marble or something, or some sort of. It's perfectly spherical, isn't it? The little rock that you're attached to. Is it not a marble? Because if it's not a marble, then my you've lost your marbles gag didn't work in the intro. <laughs> Aren't you playing with a pinball? <laughs> yeah, but a pinball is essentially a marble, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not one of these people that's like really into pinball. Like everyone's touchstone for pinball. Well, not everyone's. Everyone our age and probably even older. Basically, if you're not old enough to have those pinball machines out in the wild, then it's going to be Microsoft windows pinball isn't it mm. 
that first came out probably like Windows 1995. Great game, to be fair. Really, really like space-themed pinball. So many hours lost to that game. And also so mysterious as well. Who knows how that crazy machine worked? Yeah, well, I still don't. And actually, well, that was one of the things I was going to mention in this. It's obviously there's not like a tilt button like you would have had on one of the old mm. pinball machines. And there doesn't seem to be any punishment for falling through between the paddles. You just kind of get boosted back up. I can see you shaking your head because there is a tiny punishment. You lose a bit of fruit, but I mean such a negligible amount. And the amount of fruit that you gain just by playing pinball is ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. You could run a market stand with it. So could, yeah. like falling through between the paddles just isn't really a problem, which is fine. But it does mean that maybe you've got some tactics and maybe you like pride yourself on your precision with the paddles. But just as easily, you could just spam them and eventually you'll get through the puzzle. Yeah, for sure. When people imagine that Microsoft Windows pinball machine, it's very much a static pinball machine. As the ball or the marble rolls down the paddle, depending on when you flip it, you're going to obviously whack that marble with a different trajectory. And on that pinball machine, it feels like there's quite a few trajectories. Mm. On this, every pinball machine that you're in is static, although there are like slight changes that can happen to it, like different paths being blocked off and stuff. What's fun is like the variety of those pinball machines or whatever as you go through the land so there's like different stages isn't there like sometimes it's like you're just traveling across the environment like you would on a platformer like they're there for travel other times it's like a kind of arena which is more your static pinball machine yeah and sometimes it's a tiered arena so like for instance in the boss battles that also take Mm. place in the pinball machine it's like you fire the marble i'm gonna call it a marble okay the pinball Either way, you fire the pinball up into the beast, the villain, the boss, and Mm. once you've hit it a certain number of times, it usually, like, scrambles into the next bit, and you have Mm. to then fire your pinball up into sort of the next arena of the pinball machine. Which, if you think about that in terms of an arcade machine, you'd have this glass cabinet with three tiers in, and you'd fire Mm. the pinball into the next one. I was trying to think back whether that was a thing, or whether they've kind of innovated that dynamic. Either way, it works quite well. And what do you think? Like, it is innovative, right? Have you ever played a game like this? Oh, yeah, it's really innovative, for sure. I mean, uh, if you'd have told me a few weeks ago that I was going to come on the pod and enthuse about a game that was essentially pinball, I wouldn't have believed you. I was very (laughs) sceptical about playing this game. I mean, it's been on our list for a long time, hasn't it? Mm, Yeah, ages. For precisely this reason, I think. Because Teo's classic, like, he reads loads of reviews and he's like, well, it's critically acclaimed, I'm sure we'll enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a Beatle playing pinball. Eh, maybe not. But we got to it and it is a Beatle playing pinball, but it's bloody fun. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't go on too long either, which is what I always love about games like this. Like, give me, like, a little mechanic, which is slightly different to anything, that, well, it's, like, wildly different to anything I've ever played before. Don't make me play it for longer than six hours, and I leave the experience a, a very happy person. So is this where you're going to tell us that it takes six hours to play? Yeah, it does take six hours to play. Well, maybe it does if you're some sort of insect whisperer, some sort of pinball wizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you didn't mainline the story, like I didn't, I basically did loads of side quests as well while progressing. Mm. And I reckon for me, it was about eight to ten hours. Okay, And that's knocks on shit at pinball i don't think at least i think it's just because there's actually a lot of content in the game beside the main story and to be honest you're playing it for the content really not the story because if i've got a criticism it's that the story isn't really a story it's just a series of two-dimensional prompts to take you to a new area yeah like the characters and stuff are really really thin i mean it's a series of fetch quests essentially the main quest which we can say straight up is what so you arrive at makuma i think the god's name is who's like a giant beast and he's got this like green slash on him and you're told that he's been attacked by the god slayer that you need to gather like the three leaders of the the tribes on the islands to chieftains yeah to start the ceremony to heal him and so that's the whole main story is just getting to those places on the island talking to the chieftains getting them back there and the characters have a lot of it's weird to say personality their personalities comes across in their art or how they're drawn and stuff don't you think yeah definitely rather than their words like they don't say much but everyone looks quite funky and different in a sort of bug way Beautiful butterfly! 
beautiful. I'm like a wagon breaking up. You better start flying. But I am flying. And from way up here, you all look like little ants. Yeah, they are really creatively drawn. And thank God, because as you say, they don't have much by way of script to work with. Mm. And also... It's got that classic, like, low-budget thing of having the text delivered just in text boxes with the characters making sort of slightly irritating noises in the background. Like... (laughs) I've never warmed to that, man. I would way rather they were silent. Or you get one noise at the beginning, like... And that's like, yeah, I'm now talking for the next five minutes, but doing it constantly is just really fucking irritating. The same sound effect over and over again. Yeah, fair. I, d- I didn't notice it, but I do know what you mean. My foresight is telling me that this issue might crop up in our next game as well, but let's not go further down that route. For now. Okay, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it's it's very friendly. Like, I don't know, like, how old do you think you'd have to be to play this game? Because it feels like it's made for children. Like, I think adults can enjoy enjoy it for sure like i really really enjoyed it i fucking hope they can because otherwise my mental age is a lot lower than i thought but like it is the whole style of the game is like a kid's cartoon isn't it the island is really like lushly drawn obviously it's 2d but it feels really alive i'm not quite three-dimensional but it's got that um like paper cutout style or diorama style where you've got like a foreground and a background what's a the world feels really alive, even though it's just two-dimensional. And the colours are, like, really bright and vivid. All the different, like, jungle biomes, mountain biomes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to use a word that we haven't used for a little while, it's very zen, isn't it? It is very zen, isn't it? Yeah. Given that it's one of... Because oh, like, it has got that mobile phone game firing on all cylinders, lots of colour, lots of sound, lots of sort of splashing and moving and like it's quite frantic in the way it plays out and yet while you're playing it it doesn't feel remotely frantic it just feels quite like ah like a breath of fresh air (laughs) Mm. the only times actually when that isn't true is when you're in one of the pinball systems as it were Mm. and you're specifically trying to exit at one angle from the paddle Mm. and it seems like no matter how many times you do it you know exactly where the ball's got to leave the paddle but you just can't get that angle right so annoying and then you have to go around like the whole pinball system before you get back to that same opportunity again and when that happens if it happens too often which it did in a couple of places for me that is really frustrating but those little sort of frustration spikes are generally mitigated by the overall vibe of the thing which is much more chill and as many times as you stumble on a little moment like that there'll be times where you just do it straight away so sometimes it'll be really frustrating and it'll seem like it'll take you forever to get it in that slot or avenue and what you call it wrong other times it's just like oh that's where i need to be flip there straight away and when that happens that's really satisfying that's like executing a counter or something perfectly timed in a fighting game or something like that and the whole time you're playing through these pinball things it's generating fruit there are little switches Mm. within the machine and if you hit them and five lights illuminate then you get some sort of fruit bonus and you get to collect all the fruit which again like i guess is a nod and a wink to the actual arcade games and they always seem to have fruit in right like maybe not the pinball Mm. machines but like gambling machines or whatever with the fruit wheels Oh, yeah, that's such a good... Do you think that is a reference to um, to gambling? Yeah, Yeah, the fruit. That's a good point. I didn't actually think about that. I thought you were going to pick up on this and be like, oh, yeah, you got to have a strawberry or whatever that Matt Lee's quote is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you got to have a cherry. Oh, yeah, you got to put the cherries in it. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, exactly. Because it is that sort of cartoon platformer where Mm. for no good reason whatsoever you're just jumping on stuff and blowing a party popper a party popper actually i was gonna say this there are like literally only three mechanics in this game Mm. you can move around like left or right just pointing Mm. in the direction fire the triggers obviously i'm just counting that as one mechanic to be clear Mm -hmm. the second one is you can dive deep in water eventually you unlock Mm -hmm. this ability to dive and the third one is you can grapple Mm. other than that there's nothing else going on in the game right Am I missing anything? Or is that pretty much everything? I think that's everything. That's colouring your ball, but that's not really a mechanic. 
there's the fast travel system, which we'll get into. I thought you might quite like the fast travel system. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I just, my eyes went wide then because I was like, fast travel? And then I realised what you were on about. No, well, let's talk about the fast travel, actually, because that is fun. The beeline. The beeline. And it puts on this funky music when you go into it. And because it's a 2D map, obviously, you're just shot around the map between these cannons, which are strategically placed to get you from A to B. This is the kind of fast travel system which I love because you're not just teleporting randomly between two places. They've actually thought about how it connects. And also you can get off at certain places, even if it's not a beeline station. Mm. So the main beeline runs from station A to station B, but it goes via a series of sort of pivot points. And you can Mm. actually drop off at any of those pivot points and find yourself in a totally different area of the map. So you might like fall for quite a long way, but then you might get to an area that you couldn't have got to otherwise, or you might sort of pick up uh, collectible on the way down or something like that because there are a lot of collectibles and actually yeah so neither of us 100 percented the game did we i don't think no and i really wanted to initially but i'm gonna go out on a limb and guess because teo laid down a little bit of a tease for me while we were playing he said that he was almost going to or intended to 100 percent it but didn't for a mysterious reason that he would reveal on the pod <laughs> So that was, that's good. I like that sort of uh, good mystery. But I'm wondering if it's just the same reason that I didn't, which is that it's just a bit annoying after a while to try and find the Wicklings, which are almost invisible on the map. So Wicklings are your classic secret packages from GTA. You got me, mister. I give up, okay? They're like the collectible that's scattered throughout the entire map. They don't affect the main story at all, but they do seem to unlock something mysterious in this down cavern. You kind of learn what it is and maybe we'll go into it in a bit. But either way, that's what it is, a a collectible to 100% the game. But you do get the maps to reveal their location Mm -hmm. for each area. So in that, it's quite generous. Tough guy, huh? But how you actually access a few of them is ridiculously annoying. I want you to say first which bit you found annoying and then I'll say. Do you mean specific areas of the map or do you mean... No, specific ledges which are seemingly inaccessible. Yeah, like the one that's over that molten lava, for instance. Mm, Yeah, like that one. Yeah, so I mean, those bits are really annoying, for sure. And initially I was like, oh yeah, I'll figure it out. And in a lot of instances I did. And usually it involved, there are these like little worms that explode and you can kind of find them in, I don't know, a worm nest or something. There's like this Mm. big ball of worms. Slugs, they are, not worms. Oh, yeah, slugs. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Exploding slugs. And you would find them in this sort of slug nest. And once you get those, they sort of latch onto you. And then you can use mm. the explosion that they generate to break through, like, blocked tunnels or something like that. Yeah, yeah But yeah. equally, they can give you, like, a burst of energy that, like, bounces you in a different direction or in a place Mm. that you didn't expect so i think you're meant to manipulate the slugs in a lot of those instances to give yourself like a burst at the right angle to get to some of these cutoff areas but often it's not obvious where the slug is or even if there is a slug and the slugs are timed so once you get a slug and it latches onto your little ball Yeah. Unfortunate. But yeah, once you get a slug and it latches onto your little ball, then you have a very finite amount of time to quickly get to the area. And actually some areas seem like then nothing to do with the timer. You just can't take a slug there. So like every time you try and take a slug there, the slug just explodes before you get into the area, which was a bit annoying because it's quite unclear why that's happening. Mm. And yeah, you're spot on. And this, this is why I didn't 100% the game because that expectation is bullshit (laughs) it's absolute bullshit i don't know why they put that in there because essentially well one like you said the slug is can be quite far away like it's tedious as hell to like hoover up the slug roll back on a timer to this ledge that you've got to explode up onto to get this collectible did you do any of them i did one of them what i would say like the easiest one which is just a, a chest like a wallet upgrading or something and that took me like 20 minutes because it's not clear like the angle, the exact angle at which you need to have your marble rotated so that you explode in the right direction. Sometimes, even if you do explode in the right direction, you'll just go up on the ledge and ping back off because you've gone too fast up onto it. Yeah. And so that was just too frustrating. I don't know like what they were thinking with that mechanic. See, I think that would 
be okay if the map itself was more navigable. Mm. Because the map for me was my biggest bugbear, to be honest. Boom, boom. Basically, you've got two settings. You can either be fully zoomed in or you go into your map and it zooms you out like let's think of it as like double what seems like really far away almost pointlessly far away because you can't see anything you just get this mm. general overview and then you've got one other setting which is like a middle zoom let's say mm. and that middle zoom is a bit more functional than the fully zoomed out one but it's still not very functional because you can't see much detail and you can't move to other areas plus mm. loads of stuff doesn't appear on that middle zoom so like certain details like for instance where a slug is might not render on the map mm. it's just really annoying you want to be able to side scroll at 100 percent. so the same size as your world normally is and your bug normally is your beetle rather you want to just be able to basically push a button and like freeze the screen and then just side scroll it so you can see what's over to the left or the right so you can figure out where the tunnel is or where the leech is slug whatever <laughs> um huh. But instead, you've got this fucking irritating map system whereby you're constantly like jumping out, then zooming in, then jumping out, then zooming in, then having to move to an area to see if stuff is rendered there. Like this happened to me so often that I was trying to find out how to get into an area. I would look on the map. It looked like there was a tunnel. So I would like make my way across the map to the tunnel. And then when I got there, I found there was like something obstructing the tunnel that didn't show up on the map. Yeah, And I was like, this is just so annoying. And for me, it was that made moving around the map so time consuming that even when I wanted to solve the puzzles, I just couldn't be bothered. Like I really couldn't Mm. be bothered. That was annoying. And that for me is like the biggest problem with the game. Like, why did they do that? Especially because like I played it on Switch. I'm not sure. Did you as well? No, I didn't. And I did actually, I played it on PC and it's less bad on PC. I read that. I read that it got a lot of criticism for the map on Switch specifically. Right. So it was a bit better on PC, but I still do agree. Like you should just be able to freeze your screen as you see it as from the player view and then just move around like you would in like a game of worms or something. Yeah, exactly. Playing it on Switch, like, I can't imagine playing it handheld. You just wouldn't see any of the details, especially mm. Wicklings. Like, Wicklings hardly appear. I was playing on a <laughs> fucking 55-inch TV, and I still could hardly see the Wicklings at certain points. So, like, playing it handheld on Switch would just be horrific. I don't know how anyone would do that or why. <laughs> fair, fair. So, yeah, they made it incredibly hard to 100% it, but definitely the base game or the base story was just fun and satisfying right because i think discovering each area for the first time is really nice like at that point you're not trudging from a to b via pinball Mm. you feel like you're discovering a new little bit of the world via pinball which is just really nice it was more like hollow knight in terms of discovering each new area and each new biome yeah definitely like hollow knight light and obviously with the bug theme as well yeah, I mean, it's considerably easier than Hollow Knight. But yeah, much more forgiving than <laughs> Hollow Knight. And a lot less dark as well. It's kind of like a bright, friendly, <laughs> welcoming Hollow Knight. Yeah. But in terms of like the secret passages and the way the mm. map is laid out with its sort of, I guess, just because it is a 2D platformer, like the verticality of it and stuff. Yeah. I definitely felt... Also, just because I don't play many of these games. So for me, that was like an obvious point of reference no no i think that is would be a good point of reference for everyone and i do love that in games as well where you travel to somewhere via one route and then you discover a little secret passageway which like gets you back a little bit quicker yeah that's just its own reward i find you're like oh i'm here yeah it definitely is and also it's like a nod from the devs to gamers Mm. and it's almost like you put your faith in the devs that they will reward you for your exploration Mm. and so when they do everyone's happy right yeah, they yeah, feel yeah. like you discovered their little secret and you feel like you've earned this discovery and that is really cool like there were a couple of places where i got in that i was like oh i wonder if anyone else has found these do you know what i mean obviously other people have but like the average player or whatever you kind of have that in the back of your mind like oh i found something new here which is really cool yeah agreed what about the music because oh the thing i was going to say when i was talking about mechanics by the way is that how annoying that party popper is which the other mechanic i didn't reference is you kind of explode things in the environment by blowing this or like if a character's asleep when you reach them and you know they're asleep because they've got zeds coming out of their head when you get there if you blow your party popper it wakes them up and they're like 
and then you can chat to them. Or for instance, there's a chest in the environment and you blow your party popper and it bursts open and you get whatever's inside it or that kind mm. of thing, basically. But that party popper, very, very, very annoying sound effect. And it was annoying to be playing, but like my fiance was in the room while we were playing and for her, it must have been interminable because you have to blow <laughs> it all the time. And all she would have been hearing is like... <laughs> Surely you play it on headphones at that point when you've got someone else in the room just no, like, blowing that party popper. I didn't insist that she was sat there. I mean, she can go anywhere now <laughs> she likes. <laughs> Comedy. Yeah, no, it is annoying that party popper sound. They could have very easily made it customizable. So like, if you wanted even another unlockable, you could have unlocked different party popper sounds. Yeah, that's true, actually. That, could have, that would in some ways have been a lot more interesting than the customizing of the actual ball itself, which is... Uh, a bit weird, right? Like you get glitter, you find this unlockable glitter baubles and then there's a little character that can spray your ball. And it's mostly optional, this. So you collect different, essentially, skins for your marble, which are in chests, and then you can give the skin to the spray paint master in the village and he'll spray it. And you can do different combinations of these sprays to unlock different optional areas. Uh, So I didn't think that was bad exactly it's not bad but it's not obvious either and no, like I, I literally completed the main story before i yeah, sprayed same. my ball once yes yeah, and i only even considered doing it because i was looking at the map like wait i never did get into that juicer area where you have to be part of like the skull gang or whatever mm. and then i obviously sprayed my ball like a skull and uh, yeah. they let me in i thought ah oh, that's probably how i get the bee suit as well then but I couldn't find the bee suit stuff either. So. Yeah, that bee suit is such a red herring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really makes you think you need a bee suit. But then it is, in hindsight, it's obvious. Essentially, there's one of your side quests is there's three really late packages which you've got to deliver. And it's kind of, even if you're not 100% in the game, you kind of feel like you want to get your Postmaster's badge, don't you? Mm. And there's this bee quite early on, or relatively early on, who won't let you come to talk to them unless you... Did you get the Postmaster's badge? Yeah. Oh, well done, man. I didn't find the bloody bee suit. <laughs> but it's not obvious at all, right? It's another combination of those sparkles that you put on your ball. So you can make it look like a bee. Essentially, somehow, like, your marble is your disguise. Mm. When it happens, it's really, really obviously like a bee. And then it's like, oh, that's how I get into the bee area. But yeah, the guy says you need a bee suit, which there most definitely is not one. Yeah, agreed. That's, that's the kind of thing, that's all the mastery of the game and the completion I do feel like they've obfuscated that to such a degree. Any interest you had in completing it is gone by the time you actually manage to figure it out. That's pretty damning. (laughs) So what, once you've done it, there's no satisfaction in having done it. Is that what that means? Well, sort of, but also like, even by the time I figured out what I need to do, Mm. the joy I was getting trying to get there is diminished yeah i'm just not getting pleasure anymore so i would just be going through the rigmarole of doing that thing purely to unlock the other thing when i've already crossed the map like 30 times crossing it again for the 31st because now i've figured it out is just like nah yeah so i kind of agree with that right but you're someone who 100 percent's games more often than me and i always feel like it gets to that point with a game when you're going for completionist is that all you're doing is it's rigmarole at that point you're ticking off boxes on a list for the sake of having them ticked but i guess you felt like that with this game but you don't feel like that with like i don't know wolverine's revenge or something i don't know why that one sticks in my head was it called wolverine's revenge it was just called wolverine wasn't it I don't know, but I remember when you were at university, you were loving the fact that you 100% in that game. Yeah, I still am, actually. I'm glad you mentioned that. Gets me the ability to put in a little bit of audio. That is a great game, by the way. Totally came out of left field, given that it's like a superhero game, which are usually shit. But that one, a lot of fun. Sir, this is Logan. I'm at the rendezvous point, but there's no sign of Creed. Yeah, I did get completionist on that. Thanks for mentioning it, Teo. Um, <laughs> but the reason is that with games like that and with other games that I've got completionist on, it's that the process of doing it, you know, it might be rigmarole in the sense that you're not doing anything new necessarily to get there. 
but you're also not necessarily doing anything deliberately obstructive of your playing. Mm. Whereas this game, I felt like it was actually deliberately obstructive. Mm. And like, on the one hand, you sort of get that because you don't want every Tom, Dick and Harry to get completionist in your game. Obviously not. Get rid of some of the riffraff. But I didn't want to be included in the riffraff. Do you know what I mean? I wanted it to be accessible enough that I could do it. <laughs> and I'm not sure that this game allowed for that, to be honest. I might write to the developers. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't plan it so that I could do it, but not other people. For me, it was just the slug thing that was particularly onerous. But still, even at like the same thing as you, like moving around the map, once you've seen the whole map, it wasn't fun enough to navigate for me to really be motivated by anything other than, oh, I love this game, so to do it justice, I'm going to get 100%. Like, is it to do the game justice? Is it for the game? Is it for me? I don't know. And also because the pinball areas become repetitive. Like they do. Oh, yeah. They just do. Like, at the end of the day, pinball is a repetitive game by its very nature. Mm. So changing the aesthetic of it goes some way to making it feel fresh every time. But when you have to literally navigate your way around the same map, using those same gaming mechanics constantly. Nah, it doesn't work. And you mentioned before that there are certain parts where you do have to be very precise with the paddles in order to progress to the next section. And when you're going through that section just to get A to B at that point, it becomes pretty fucking annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like when you complete a section, they should just unlock a quick tunnel straight through that section yeah, so you don't yeah. have to navigate every time or something. For sure. But since we mentioned the developers there, I wondered if you uh, fancied a quick game of uh, guess the number of developers. Guess the number, guess the number, guess the number, guess the number, guess the number of developers. Ooh, good. Uh, seems like maybe like a, f- a five-person team, something like that. Got to say, I'm cautious because you said earlier that you've already done some research on this game, which I barely believed, if I'm being honest. But well, you know, I, I didn't recognise that bit of it. Maybe I've seen it somewhere. But are you saying you read the Google snippets when you done this? I'm pretty sure I read the Wikipedia article. I was just trying to find out if the name was Japanese or not, and I just couldn't find any information on whether it is or not. Oh right, okay. That was all I was looking for. Laser focused. So you reckon five? Yeah. You're not far off. It's three. Oh. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And it's uh, the first game by a Swedish studio called Villa Gorilla. Mm. Villa Gorilla. <laughs> yeah. I should have said it like that, but what well done. You did. <laughs> Published by Team 17. Released in 2018 on a multitude of platforms, not least Switch. Don't play a handheld. <laughs> Very highly acclaimed, of course. Mm. But those developers, get this. This is what I like about it. Those developers... They've worked on uh, some other quite high-profile games. Do you fancy to hazard a guess any of the games that they might have worked on? What, was it Hollow Knight? No, it was not. It was uh, The Darkness, the sci-fi FPS. Do you remember that? 2007? Uh, Yeah, vaguely. And (laughs) one of my early favourites on Xbox, Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. What? (laughs) Random? Yeah! I know, right? That minefield's offering better odds than you're going to get taking me to Butcher Bay. You think Hoxie's memory's that short? He gets one look at you, Riddick, and all is forgiven. Both of those games, like, literally couldn't be further from this one. Those are the games they cut their teeth on. That's literally like going from making magnums to making mini milks. Both yeah. delicious ice creams, but very, very different. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did they do the art as well? Or is that like... The programming. Because if they did, if those three did the art and the coding, then that is impressive. But surely someone else did the art. Don't know. Mm, I guess we don't know. Oh, I feel like you always manage to find the like little hole in my research, don't you? Oh, sorry. As always, you know, Lucas Pope, etc. Always so impressed by small dev teams creating such a, a beautiful, well-rounded experience. It's not as good as a Lucas Pope game. It's not oh, no, anywhere no, no, near no, as no, good, no. to be honest. Like, it's it's quite frivolous. Is If I've got a criticism, it is quite frivolous. And I, like, reference the phone game thing. And, like, I don't want to be quite as damning as to say it's like that, but it, it's like that, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think it is like a phone game. It's just the colour palette or something that makes me think it's like a phone game. No, it's the it's the whole nature of it. Like this sort of explosive pick and mix of 
little sugary things that you get. Like, I mean, it's riffing on gambling, so it's obviously going to be a little bit like that. But have you ever played, like, the Rayman series? Tonally, that was the game that it reminded me most of. I think I have played that, but it would have been a very long time ago. Because I didn't love those games, but they are really, really popular. I don't think you'd ever describe those as... Like, if this wasn't pinball, if it was just a regular platformer where you had, like, a jump button and some abilities, would it be like a phone game then, or is it just... No, you're right, it wouldn't. Yeah. Now you mention it, you're right. I think it's the splashy explosions, like, you're firing your thing, you're unlocking the switches, the lights are going on, then you get fruit explode all over the screen, and you, like, mm. pick up your fruit, and then you mm. accidentally fall through the paddles, and you get your fruit deducted. <laughs> Oh, actually, got a question for you. Mm. So this might be verging into spoiler territory now. Okay, that's fine. We're about there. Just yeah, oh, definitely. Also, like to be honest, listeners know the deal by now, don't they? Like, so yeah, when you fall through the paddles and you get fruit deducted from you, mm. most times you just get some fruit deducted. But every now and again, it gets cut to a different scene of that like mm. big god egg or whatever it is, and around the side of the egg of these lights, which you kind of unlock by getting the wicklings. I got mm. that far. But the number at the top of that egg sometimes goes up when you lose points, when you lose fruit. Yeah, so, so that's actually two different areas. Oh, okay, my bad. That you conflated there. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so there's when you die, this this number goes up, and that's it, like a little prison area, but it's guarded by the same people that guard the eggs and is the same like background and stuff. And that area... Terry's being very forgiving there. What he's essentially saying is it was an easy mistake to make. It was an easy mistake to make. So you can get to this prison. Once you've died a certain number of times, I think it could be like 50, they break out of the prison. But what is dying, falling through the paddles? It's spirits of some description. They're being punished by... Because you never actually die. Like, there is no death scene or anything. No, no, no. You, you don't die. You don't die. Just once you lose enough fruit. Is that it? Uh, I don't think it's even about the fruit. I think it's just literally, like, the number of times that you... What, what do you call it on a pinball machine? It's not tilt. It's like... Fall through the gap. I don't know. Pull through the gap. Damn, there's definitely a word for that. But Anyway, anyway, so you can reach this prison area. Um, you spray your ball red and they let you in like you're one of the royal guards. It's like an extra little side quest at the end. You can go and retrieve the spirits uh, and bring them back and then they're back in the prison. Uh, there's some sort of reward you get. I can't remember what it is. Whoa, so that was nothing like what I thought it was. I don't really know what I thought it was, but I assumed it would make sense. And then the egg, like you say, is related to the wicklings. So once you've collected all 100 wicklings, something like that, you light these flames around the egg and then didn't get there, obviously, as we said, because I wasn't doing that bullshit slug boost challenge. But then the egg hatches, I assume. Presumably the egg hatches. And a little bit of the backstory to the game is that once there was an island with like lots of different gods, but then the god slayer came and killed the other gods. But the god on your island escaped to this island with an egg of another god so presumably it's kind of a resurrection of the gods kind of vibe yeah maybe that's for the sequel mm, yeah maybe that is for the sequel would you play a sequel uh not straight away maybe in another like three or four years i'd be ready for another yaku's island express another 30 episodes <laughs> yeah shit this is our 30th episode oh yeah nice bit of party party popper sound effect <laughs> oh yeah we definitely should have celebrated that somehow like cake the Regional Centre regulations require both hands to be empty before any cake. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll celebrate at 50. All right, listeners? So you can look forward to a special treat episode then. Hmm. Shit. <laughs> Some planning to do, too. <laughs> yeah, only like a year and a half to plan it. Yeah, exactly. Right, what were we talking about? At some point you wanted to mention the music and I made a mental note we should go back to that because there is a lot of music in this game there is and it's uh it's good fun i like the music mm. it's one of the things that i enjoyed the most about the game it is in some ways just quite classic old school platform music but it's got nice flourishes in it that i think differentiate it from the average uh like for instance there's a bit with like a dj scratch sound like <laughs> background which i quite liked uh, there's some calypso there's a, a whole range of genres as well or as one of our listeners calls it, genres. Who calls it that? 
Oh, well, you have to ask around, Ted. Hmm. Maybe they'll uh, tweet to us or send us an email to the email address that we both got wrong in the last episode. Oh, yeah. It's pixelvisionpod at gmail.com for anyone mm. desperate to email, but keep getting those bounce backs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just what is that email address? They can't get through to us. I'm glad you mentioned the DJ sound effect because... Uh, that DJ sound effect, like the scratching, is so funny. It reminds me of two things. One is Michael McGoldrick's song where it's like, like over the top of like some funny horn section and like folk. And the other one is jumps. Can I guess number two? Oh, damn. Would you have guessed jumps from the Cat Empire? I would. I would. I was going to say the Cat Empire, yeah. Why are you there, jumps? Like all he does throughout every live show, just every now and again, he's like, it's like he's got his whole fucking set up there. Why? Why are you there? But also the final battle uh, with the sort of ultimate villain, who, by the way, we should say is delightfully unexpected, I thought, anyway. Yeah, that is good. It's a good, it's a funny little twist. And the ultimate battle with him is set to this raucous free jazz saxophone yeah. that is just glorious, isn't it, to play to? <laughs> was a lot of fun and made me laugh out loud i think which is good yeah. nice nice way to round out i thought at the end of the game and went some way to making me think oh maybe i'll play a bit more but then i didn't because mm, basically you meet this cute little pathetic bug at the start i think you save him somehow don't you and uh he's called full back oh, damn can't remember his name that's annoying what's he called do you have his name there no i don't have his name Okay. Really bang me on this research. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I haven't got it either. Anyway, he acts as like an extra life, even though, as we've described, you don't really need that. Maybe that's the point. Cute little bug, and you can unlock him in a bubble in some of the machines, and he, he goes there between the paddles, so that instead of dropping down through the paddles, you just bounce off him and carry on playing. Um, pointless. Anyway, but he's... A <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you said that, because I was thinking that as well. I was like, an utter gimmick. <laughs> Maybe that's actually quite clever then, because even though he seems really like cute and pathetic, and he's just like helping you out, he turns out to be the main villain. And it, don't you think it's so funny when you've gathered all the chieftains, you've started this ceremony, so they're all playing in harmony. And then he comes in with a saxophone, like the free jazz that you talk about, like interrupts their music. <laughs> and you're like, huh? It was very Outer Wilds, that bit, I thought. Yeah. With all of them playing music together mm. to try and conduct this ritual. Yeah, and he comes in and ruins it. And he's like, ha-ha, I was evil all along. He's like, why did you... Oh, because he needed to interrupt the ceremony or something. Doesn't really make sense. But either way, he's been with you the whole game and then he betrays you. And then he turns into this big, like, demon monster and you have to fight him. Yeah, it's good fun. I did enjoy that bit. Funny twist. I was not expecting it. So basic, but I guess because it's been so basic, the story throughout, you're not even expecting that little spice at the end. Yeah. Wow. Who would? The who would. Huh? You haven't got any of these pinball wizard references, have you? Have you ever heard the who before? <laughs> not really. It's not really my scene, is it? Oh, my God. Why don't you all Don't try to dig what we all say. Right, well, if you haven't sent us an email, now's the time for some hate mail to Teo. Guy hate hasn't mail? even bloody listened to the Who's Pinball Wizard, and he's playing Yoku. <laughs> Yoku wouldn't exist without that deaf, dumb and blind kid, probably. Uh, yeah, right, fair enough, fair enough. I can see nothing like him in any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb and blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. Oh, well, you're not going to appreciate my song from the beginning. Hopefully some listeners will. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I'm going to send you that after this, by the way. Okay. I'm definitely going to send it. It's an absolute classic, mate. 
you, your life will be richer with that song in it. The places where I would have heard it, you know, when they used to do Top of the Pops and then every now and again, they'd have an episode of like, oh, the best number ones from Top of the Pops. I, I think I probably heard it on that. I mean, it would have been a pretty old Top of the Pops. Yeah, I know, but they did. They like went back. And- a series which hasn't existed for at least a decade and the Who being featured on it would have been several decades more yeah no no but it was like they they went back and got really old footage of like old top of the pops right yeah black and white archive mm. you know i've actually seen the who live in glastonbury so i was there mate oh yeah you were there fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> oh, right anyway that's the end of the who and is it the end of your coup I think that's it. It doesn't have to be a long episode in general. And just, what, what, why, why are you looking shocked? Well, because that was plenty long. What, you always do this. You always make out like we've just chatted for 15 minutes and it's rubbish. It wasn't. It was a good hour chat, that was. All right, all right, all right. That's a lot more depth than this frivolous little game deserves, to be <laughs> frank. <laughs> yeah, good, good. But yeah, what, would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. I would recommend it, but I definitely wouldn't heartily recommend it. I would just say, you know, if you've ran out of games to play on your Switch and you've got a TV that you can play it through so you don't have to play it on handheld, then yeah, this is worth a little spin. It's a shame because you can't even, by that token, you can't even recommend it for a long flight, can you? Because that would, you'd have to be handheld. Mm. Because otherwise, if you hadn't said that, I'd recommend it for a long flight. Yeah. You know, if you're not into improving yourself through a book. Or something like that. You can improve yourself for a game. You can, yeah. Not this game, but... Well, probably not this game. <laughs> anyway, it's a light-hearted bit of fun. Uh, I definitely recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Next game, then. Next game, uh, we are playing a Spiritfarer. Ooh, interesting. Another game that's been on our list for quite some time. Yeah, I don't know how I convinced you to play two games that have been on our list for quite a long time in a row. I'm just saving up. I'm saving up my points, mate. And then I'm going to slap them down on a game that you definitely won't want to play. What game would I not want to play? I don't know, to be honest, I haven't thought of it yet. But when I do, oh baby. <laughs> good, good, good. So yeah, Spiritfarer. Uh, we won't need, no need to say much about it because... To be honest, I didn't know anything about it going in. So. Well, so we're going to talk about it for a fucking hour or more. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least, probably, next week. Mm. All right, nice. Well, thanks. <laughs> Do we say thanks for listening? Every time I'm like, I, want, I feel like you want to end it somehow. You want to be like, anyway, maybe we need an outro script. What everyone just missed there is Taylor said, you want to be like, and then he appeared to dab, which I'm not sure. Was that a dab? No, it's not, but it's something weird like that. He's like doing some sort of weird arm gesture like he thinks he's Usain Bolt. Cool. Oh, that's what we usually say. We usually say... Insane Bolt, more like. We usually say, that's a wrap, don't we? Those are the words I like to say. Yeah, that's a wrap. Yes, let's talk about Yoku, or as I've been pronouncing it, Yoku. All right, well, we'll get into that. that that's interesting. If that's all we've got, then this might be a bit of a dry part. <laughs> all right, okay, wait, hang on, let's do this intro. Is that the Skype preacher? <laughs> no, it's not. It's Man Harish, uh, but it'll do it. Ah, okay, okay. okay.